You know? People say a lot of things about me. Um, more so that I'm, like, consistent and that I'm stoic and that I never really show emotion and that I'm... You can pretty much, you know, set a clock to me about what I'm doing, how I'm feeling. I'm always kind of even-keeled and I, I never deviate from the norm. I never show complete and utter happiness or, or sadness or depression or, or utter anger. And, you know, people... Most people are okay with that. I, don't, I think there's only been a couple of people who have, or maybe even one in recent memory, that said, you know, it's okay to be angry and, and yell and scream. Granted, she was like, okay, scream at me, which is kind of weird, but we were also in the middle of a kind of an emotional and tormenting fight uh, that I won't really get into at this time. Um, shout out to the Queen of the North. And when I do break... And come out in these emotions and I talk about how I'm really feeling. That scares me because it's unlike me to be so angry or to be so upset or be so sad. This is this is not like you. And like that it is me. I just choose to be even keeled a lot of the time. However, sometimes I have to break from that norm. I have to show my fangs and remind people who the fuck I really am. This is one of those times. So if you're scared about what's about to happen, you fucking probably should be. So I have a question for you guys. Big, big question is, um, have you ever, you ever had a passion, something that you were really, really dedicated to, so dedicated to that you had to make a New Year's resolution that you had to be dedicated to that passion. That doesn't make sense, does it, right? So you're going to put more effort into your passion, something that you're passionate about. But you have to make a New Year's resolution to remind yourself to be more passionate about that thing or about that project. And then you don't do it. But you still try to reap the benefits of saying that you did more than what you actually did. And that is the curious case Um of one Will Tarashock. You see, a lot has been going on in the past week. Uh, he, he took a leave of absence. He um, he started a little bit of a Twitter war and, and Twitter thing. And that's the funny thing about Will Tarashock and a lot of people on Twitter for, for that case is people get really confident on Twitter and behind the screen and, and talk about their followers and shit like that. And I don't give a fuck about followers. I have people in places that you guys have never imagine that actually follow me that actually have in real substantial contact with that aren't people behind another fucking computer so the thing about that is that people get confident on twitter and they're not really confident in real life and the difference between me and it between the rest of people on twitter is that anything that i tell you on twitter i'll say it right to your fucking face but the internet is a way to get messages out there, and podcasts are a way to get messages out there. So consider this a message to Mr. Tarashock. Your passion, your passion project has just become another added addition to my empire, to my legacy. Your passion has just been engulfed by the empire of King Ricky Rose. Because if you, because if you realize one thing about me is that 
I have the mind of such. Success follows me wherever the fuck I go. You can ask anybody. I've been presidents and captains of teams. I've been recorded artists before. I have helped build franchises and dynasties. Don't believe me? Ask about the high school basketball team that I helped build to become, mm, I don't know, probably the winningest high school basketball program in the history of New York State. I helped revitalize that. Talk about the fraternity that I helped to build from scratch down at Towson University, now one of the most dominant fraternities on their campus. Who was the first president? That was me. Talk about the nightlife parties that I helped build from scratch. Who was the first one there that got shit rolling? It was me, and now we bring celebrities in out the fucking ass all the time. I just partied with DJ Scribble last week. If you don't know, I'm looking the fuck up. As compared to a so-called founder of Kings of the Rings podcast, the same man who was about to quit his own passion, he was going to quit because he couldn't handle working with some of the people that he was working with. He couldn't handle social media. He didn't know what to do. And lo and behold, I just came falling into his lap. And everything changed. Because unlike Mr. Tarashok, the guy who's only claimed the fame that I know is having a nickname of fucking Daffy and also being the president of probably the worst fraternity on Hofstra University's campus. Okay, it's like being the biggest piece of shit in a sack of shit. I came in. And I took over. And I put in the work that he, for some reason, couldn't do. I'm the one who took over the social media and brought them from 200 followers to almost 2,000 followers in less than three years. I'm the one who said, let's go live and let's live stream and get people out there, people knowing about this. I'm the one who said, let's go to Instagram. I'm the one who said, let's start a Patreon. I'm the one who said, let's live tweet. Let's bring our followers up. I'm the one who said, let's have our followers on the show. Well, didn't come up with any of that. It was all me. I'm the one behind KOTR on the Court podcast. Not Will. It's all me. And if Will wants to take credit for that, he just doesn't have a leg to stand on. He doesn't have a podcast to stand on anymore. Because you know why? Will is gone. He left, he quit, just like he is supposed to. Because he couldn't put in the effort. He doesn't know how to put in the effort, guaranteed. He doesn't know, even know how to keep a fucking job. That's why he's quitting, that's why he's going home. Will's not staying in New York, Will's going back to Boston. He's taking his bag and he's going home. Unlike me, I keep pushing no matter what. Because I know how to put in the work, I know how to put in the effort. I know... That wherever I go, I succeed because I can't fail. Failure is not an option for me. Failure has never been an option. I always fucking succeed. That's why it's about time that I take my rightful place on top of the KOTR throne. No more third man. No more second bullshit. I am number one. This is my show. 
from here on out. We're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to clean up some shit. We're going to trim the fat. And it starts with leaving Willie T to the side. The one who didn't even have the balls to go up there to Stefano. Tell him, hey, we should work together. Because guess what? That was me again, too. I'm the reason you hear me on Rant With Dan. I'm the reason that you hear us on WrestleAddict Radio. I'm the reason that we're the flagship of WrestleAddict Radio. It's all me. No one else. It's about time everybody realizes that. It's about time that I start taking credit for all the shit I did. No one else is going to take credit for this. It's all fucking me. Because if you want to be the king, you got to put in the fucking work. And I'm the only one on this podcast that actually puts in work day in and day out. All the time. Well, some people sit on their ass and get high and realize and try to figure out what they're fucking going to do for rent and what they're going to do for a job. I don't have that issue anymore. I've never had that issue, actually, because I always have a plan. I always know what the fuck I'm doing. And I know how we're going to make this podcast even better than it was before. It starts by trimming the fat. It starts by eliminating everything and anything that maybe Will had an influence on. So maybe no more tip of the crown. Because Will came up with that too. No more best of the rest. No more wrestle wars probably after April. None of that. We're going to revamp it. We're going to make this better. Because there's a new person in charge. There's a new head honcho. There's a new H-N-I-C. I am El Idolo. I am El Rey. I am King Ricky Rose. And this is the new Kings of the Rings podcast. Now cue my music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the brand new Kings of the Rings podcast. I am your host, Resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose, your general manager of WrestleMania Radio and the foundation of Kings of the Rings podcast. Alongside with me each and every show is the Leo Rush to my Bobby Lashley, the Prince Berg McDevitt to my Finn Balor, the new the crown prince of Kings of the Rings podcast, Prince David Money Makowicz, and together we trim the fat from the show and we bring you not only WWE, but the biggest wrestling news and comments from around all of professional wrestling. This is the new Kings of the Rings podcast, and without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the new and improved Kings of the Rings podcast. Allow me to be your new host with a lot more flavor and a lot more color. I am your host, King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast, your general manager of WrestleMania Creator, your social media ambassador of KOTR underscore podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I am not the founder, but I am the foundation because the podcast grows on my back and my shoulders 
each and every week. Podcast. But I'm not alone, folks. Podcast. Fuck you. Whatever. It's my show, damn it. I can do whatever the fuck I want these days. Anywho, that bumper voice that you're hearing right now is the newly crowned and well-deserved. Uh, you're, you're getting a promotion, Dave. You are no longer the dusty man in the building, but you are the prince. You are the prince. You are the Leo Rush to my Bobby Lashley. You are the Prince Fergal to my Finn Valor. You are the indie darling. You are now Prince David Money Malkovich. How are you doing this week, Dave? I'm doing phenomenal now that I found out that if you ever get assassinated, I take over the podcast. But no. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> What's up? It, it's uh, uh, I, I, uh, I'm going to take a page out of um our good friend Claudio Castagnoli's book, a.k.a. Antonio Cesaro, c.k.a. Cesaro. And as a Swiss, I'm going to stay neutral. But it's been a yes. great week of wrestling. Swiss Dave's in the building, folks. Yes, yeah, Swiss Dave is in the building. Another one of my many monikers. Uh, K-O-T-R underscore Dusty Dave. M-A-L-K-I-E-W-I-C-H. O-Z-T-E-P-O-8. O-Z-T-E-P. Yes, sir. And ladies and gentlemen, all this new and improved Kings of the Rings podcast, we are going to trim the fat, as I said earlier. We are going to cut all the booster. We're going to get into the nitty and the gritty of this week. And it starts right now with Fastlane and a little bit of a Fastlane recap. So I know how I feel about Fastlane. And to me, like I said on the show last week, is that Fastlane had a really interesting opportunity to set up a lot of the feuds um, that that we that haven't been set up before. Because in years past, Fastlane has kind of been a lackluster pay-per-view because all the feuds were set up before Fastlane. And this year they weren't, and they had a chance to do that. However, I feel like at some points they hit that, and a lot of the points and a lot of the matches they missed the mark. Dave, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> they definitely uh, missed the mark, uh, as you said, uh, setting up a lot of these feuds. Uh, the, I'm, and obviously I'm talking about the pay-per-view proper, because basically the job that they should have done on the pay-per-view was done... 24 hours later on Monday and 48 hours later on Tuesday because we, we got like, you know, a good, uh, we finally are out of the HOV lane, so to speak. But, um, overall, I, I'm, I'm kind of bleh and it's not so much that like it disappointed me, but it's just when I, I when I know that something's going to happen. For example, the Becky Lynch match. I we we knew that she was going to be getting into that event. How yeah, she, she got was there, win no matter what. Yeah, how she got there at that point in time didn't matter, and it matters now. Yeah, it, it, it matters now. But I think obviously we'll get into it when it uh we get to the match. But I think the way it happened took away from her momentum. I think I think that the way that it happened, as clever as it was, I think it did kill the momentum for the match. And there is a new, more highly anticipated match that hasn't even been announced yet on this Mania card. This is all kind of assumption. And that was the end of SmackDown and what is being set up for SmackDown next week. But let's start kind of at the top. We were supposed to get Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. 
um, to to begin the show on a pre-show, and then all of a sudden they swerved everything and they switched it up. It became a a, a four a four a fatal, a fatal four way for the U.S. title, which, in all honesty, right now the U.S. title division, if you want to call it that, on on SmackDown Live, is probably the most entertaining thing yeah. week in week out. Uh, I I would agree with you, and and it it's crazy because. Obviously, the t- the equivalent title on Raw, the IC title, has more history, so to speak, within WWE. It's always been seen as that step up, too. But the IC title, ever since Seth left it, has been bland. It was yes. great again, but I 100% agree with you. The mid-card division on SmackDown has been amazing. The amount of different combinations of these four individuals, like, I wouldn't mind if we just got different variations of it. Triple threat, one-on-one, fatal four-way, etc., etc. The only The only thing is, yo, Ray has to stop wearing these, like, outfits with, like, the sus- suspenders <laughs> and the looking thong around. It, it looks fucking I don't know weird. what Ray's doing. I, I honestly don't know what Ray's doing with, with his life at the moment, but whatever. He's a legend. He can do whatever the hell he wants. The only thing I ask about um this uh this this US title scene, I think it's missing one person. I think you add Mustafa Ali, who put on a phenomenal performance in a pay-per-view main event. I think you add Mustafa Ali to the US title scene and you make it a five man ladder match to open up the show at WrestleMania and you kill it. I, I think we're going to be getting that, maybe not next week, because next week's going to be pretty occupied with uh, the for match. For at least with, an hour. Yeah, for at least an hour. So, that, wait, so, let's see, yesterday was the 12th. So, not the 19th, but the 26th is when I think yeah. we're going to be getting it. So, the week before Mania Week is when we're going to mm-hmm. see that happen. Um, I would really like I sure it. So. Been, like Mustafa Ali has blended very well with. Uh, he's turning into someone who can have a good match with anyone. And yes, he is. He is very creative. And he's like you know, Kofi is able to do that. Tag and individual. AJ is able to do that. And once you're able to hang with those guys, it kind of comes naturally with the mid card. And, uh, you know, you have an appropriate amount of, uh, heels to faces, so I wouldn't, I would even be alright if they added another heel to it, as well, and make it a six-person ladder match. I mean, you can even add Rusev and, and Shinsuke, however, they're kind of stuck in a tag feud. Well, let, let, let's talk about that. They've been really trying to make them heal it up lately, uh, they, with the whole attack on the New Day and everything um, going into uh, Wood Fastlane and that pay-per-view and everything like that. So if everybody remembers the Fastlane kickoff show, um, Kofi Kingston got called into a meeting about the WWE Championship with Mr. McMahon. And they didn't show Kofi until like an hour later. Kofi was still waiting outside. McMahon says pretty much, you know what, I've thought about it. You're going to your, get your championship match right now. Uh, the rest of the new day is barred from ringside. Cool, whatever. Kofi comes out there. He's like, the match is coming on right now. Kofi goes out there, and then he gets swerved. He gets a beatdown from Cesaro and 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 Sheamus. Do 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 do. And New Day come out to help him. Shinsuke and Rusev kind of take them out. 
The next day, on the couple days later on SmackDown, there's this massive, you know, six, uh, eight-person tag or whatever. The New Day go old Stone Cold Steve Austin and beat the shit out of everybody. It's it's becoming a very compelling. We never see the New Day be very aggressive. Well, I, I mean, I don't not, think they've ever been aggressive. Not to the extent that they were this week, but like the way they are now, it's all it's slightly reminiscent to when they were. When they first turned heel, so like yeah. when they first went from the uh, the choir, like you know, preacher thing to their heel gimmick. Um, but I, I'm uh, obviously I can only say so much, like, I'm not a man of color, but I, like yeah. it, it, it's it reeks of closet racism, and yes, I know that it like this is storyline, however, I think it, I It doesn't sit right with me. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that crappy top-tier talent argument that Will tried to do um, on that one show, which, you know, led to his demise and obviously his resignation. So, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. However, um, with this, with the, with that segment with Kofi and Mr. McMahon and that promo to end SmackDown, um, it is a very poignant, um, transcendent promo that Kofi cut um, and that that the New Day were cutting on Kofi's behalf as well. It's this ongoing kind of racial struggle. I can tell you right now, as a person of color, a lot of the times you're told to be able to succeed in in the world of the uh, of the majority, you know, of, of of the culture of America. The majority is that you just need to be prim and proper, never complain, kind of sit down and shut up, and, and do your job, and then. Only if you do that is when you will be able to succeed. And you grow up and you find out that sometimes that's not enough. And you watch other people get chances over you consistently, consistently. And then in your mind, I'm just like, well, I was told if I just sit down and shut up and do my job, they're going to like me. And then even when you do what you're told, you still get looked over. And I think that's the point that really hit with a lot of wrestling fans of color when Kofi was talking about I sacrificed everything for you yeah, like yeah and he listed it off but um there's also another thing that I'm that's dragging with this now assume assu- I think we can both assume that we both believe Kofi is going to run the gauntlet and get entered to the match I sure as hell hope so. It's going to be a magical yeah. event next week on SmackDown. So, so now you have three babyface storylines. Universal with Seth Rollins against Lesnar. Becky as having to claw her way into a match that she already qualified for. And Kofi mm-hmm. having to overcome the insurmountable odds to get into a match that he we can agree, deserves. Yeah, and at least one shot. Yeah, and so, now, with me looking at this belief that we're, that those, we already have two of those matches set, that the third will be set, I don't see all three of them winning. So, who, who's, are you getting sacrificed? At this point, if Kofi makes it to that match, he can't get sacrificed. 
I don't know about that. I mean, historically speaking, when you think of the history of the of a WWF slash WWE championship, which ironically, um, after SmackDown, me and the Queen, my only true supporter, um, we're talking about this. There's never actually truly been a uh, a full blown one hundred percent African American. Um, that has won the title. There have been yeah, the world world heavyweight Yeah, no, yeah. There, there have been minorities, but not of an African American. Exactly. Uh, the which will be found. I mean, Mark Henry has won the world heavyweight title. A bunch of people have won the world. Heavyweight uh, title. I, I mean, we've all, we've all talked about in the past how while the world title, the world heavyweight title, is a world title, it was still always looked at as. Even when it was on Raw. Second tier. The second tier title because it wasn't WWE's creation. So This is uh, very true. And the and when when I look when I look at it if I if I had to make a prediction on who I think gets sacrificed, it's Seth Rollins. Oh it's Seth. Oh, it's it's, it's, Seth, it's Seth Rollins and then and then we get then we get maybe him working on that uh, parallel storyline that Roman did last year mm-hmm. after losing to Brock. But mind you, Roman's going to be in the picture as well. So it, it, it it's so difficult. Um, but I, I'm pulling for Kofi. Like, it, it, it's kind of funny. We're uh, A lot of us were going back and forth last night. Um about, uh, imagining if Kofi Kingston uh, pulled out the Jamaican music, SOS. <laughs> like, I'd be so awesome if he pulls that out at Mania. That'd be so great. But I mean, all, all I know is I'm invested in the storyline. But in the same respect, I'm not worried. But I'm preparing myself for a letdown the of worst. sorts. It's just whether or not it happens in that match or in the others, because they ca- they they kind of back themselves into uh the this position with the Raw Women's and the WWE. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Like I said, we have never seen an African American hold the richest prize in the game, quote unquote, the WWE slash WWF Championship. You can argue The Rock, but The Rock is more known as being a Samoan. Uh, Vinny is African American, and to be quite honest, what I learned last night, along with along with the Queen, um, Danny Nolan, Seth, the Rock's actually Canadian. What? Rocky Johnson, his father, was born in Nova Scotia. Wow! Yeah. So, so he's Canadian, like I'm Canadian. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'm, I'm, this is kind of a massive letdown for me <laughs> and my ego. So the rocks like Canadian, American, African, and Samoan. You know what they say, never meet your heroes. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, is very, this is very true. Never meet your heroes. Well, let, let's go on to what you said, uh, Seth being sacrificed. The, the one thing that did get sacrificed on Fastlane was, was the shield thing. And I don't know about you, Dave, but for me... I get the shield thing, but to me, it's it looked like a very very bad nostalgia act. Like I I don't agree that they should have been the last thing on the show. No, I think I, I, I think I, Becky Lynch and Ronda and Charlotte um, suffered because of that. Yeah, 
you know, I, I think that, like, I I get it, Roman's back, and you want to have that shield moment with all of them, and Dean Ambrose is leaving, but I just wasn't invested. Um, The minute that it was the shield versus um, Drew McIntyre and his Blandy men, whatever the fuck you want to call them, it... it I was inv- I was only half invested in it because I wanted to see that last shield power bomb. But um while the sh- you know them with the fist in the center of the ring was a great visual and you know a a great image to close the show especially like with Dean being a professional with everything I think that image would have been better getting out of the HOV lane if it was Becky with her smirk pointing at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, Cause... I, I do too. I think they were just put, they get, it's a cheap hop. They're selling more Shield merch for this like one final go around. But also here's the thing, the Shield had just reignited at the night after SummerSlam. And then before that, they had reignited like a little bit of a year before. They were, they have broken up and got back together more times than DX, more times than Evolution. Like, it just seemed like it's too much. Like, you guys are either going to be together or you guys are going to break up and go your separate. But, like, this back and forth is really, it's like, I, I'm, it's losing, it's losing its, uh, its luster for me. Uh, I mean, I agree with you, but we don't know when, if there'll ever be this type of a moment again. I, we still don't know any information about Dean's departure other than the tacky character he was playing. Um, (laughs) so there, there's so much unknown that like, you know, Roman's going to be fine without the shield. Seth will be fine without the shield. Dino, I don't know what Dino's going to be doing. I don't know if he's going to take time off of wrestling, if he's going to go CCW and have a run with, like, you know, where the name John Moxley was made. Obviously, there's an AEW thing, but with look at what they've done to other people in the past. Frozen them out of their contracts, taking them off TV. They didn't do that with Dean. He's still front and center. So there, there has to be a an amicable level that they're currently at. Isn't so, there also a ninety day no compete? Well, uh, um, there. I believe that. I believe there is, but like what I was getting at is, you know, some people are like Dean to AW confirmed. I'm I'm not on that boat yet. And also, I feel that WWE's kept him on TV and are not freezing him out because he's been professional with them. So I don't even think there's going to be a 90-day non-compete in place. You think they'll let him wait? That's general for everybody. What I think is going to happen is I think that their relationship is professional enough and cordial enough where he's he will give them a guarantee and stick by it that he's not going to go wrestle anywhere else but not actually have it on in writing yeah like uh, it all comes down to what dean wants 
Because, I mean, I think th- I think if Dean said he wanted to maybe do some time on the indies, maybe do some time in CCW, they they would be all for it, non-televised. Their main concern is him going to AEW. AEW is not going to be up and running until probably what the fall. Uh, well, I, I mean, their first their first show is the Double or Nothing on May twenty fifth. Their second, yeah, but I'm talking about like uh, uh, t- about television. Like, television. T- yeah. t- television is going to be full, but they have four or five um big events that are happening each month between now and then. Okay, so they're like television so, specials almost. Uh, 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 uh pay per views. Uh, okay, so they're going to be doing like a monthly yeah. pay-per-view thing before we go to TV. Yeah, like their second okay. event is called Fight for the Fallen. It's going to be in Jacksonville, and it's at the beginning of um July. And uh, that's going to, and half of the proceeds from that are going to be going to victims of gun violence. So that's like, you know, getting good, okay. getting good, um, good presser, but... They also recently announced Will Ospreay's girlfriend, B. Priestley, uh, wh- who is now signed to them. That's when she'll probably make her appearance. Obviously, we're delving a little too far out of the WWE, but what I'm getting at is... Oh, we, at, can, we can do that. It's, it's, it's the new Kings of the Rings podcast. Yeah. We can go outside WWE. For a little so, bit. so, ultimately, I, I think that Dean, Dean's being looked at by them... Like, you know, he he didn't go onto Twitter like, say, Rusev and Lana, air dirty laundry. He's always no, he been, he's always been like, you know, professional. He's never badmouthed the company. When he was healthy, he was doing more dates than AJ Styles. So, yeah, he was, he was the Iron Man of WWE yeah, for a really so, long time. So, I want to say with that. I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And as long as it's not AEW, he'll be allowed to do it. I know that they're trying hard with Roman to get him to stay, but obviously... There's only so much you can do with it. Yeah, and here's the thing. With with the match he had on on Raw with Drew McIntyre, which was a very vicious match, very, very vicious. We haven't seen that style of match in a long time. Um, he can play that role. I even, I can even see Dean as someone who brings back the hardcore title, or some sort of title like that's un, that's not really a a really challenged title. Kind of like Zack Ryder's Internet Championship, but kind of like kind of Dean's thing. It's like the the new hardcore champion, which is what he was supposed to be after WrestleMania 32. Yeah, when he had the angle with uh, Foley. Yes. Foley and Terry Funk and everybody. Yeah, and um, I I would have loved that, and especially I I read this from like random reports, but supposedly Fox wants WWE to become edgier, and I don't just mean edgier like couple violent. I think I'm talking about more along the lines of going TV fourteen again. I I you know what I can see I can see them being TV fourteen on Fox. Maybe TVPG on USA. Yeah, which uh, would, would I don't know how you do that, honestly, and try to keep them balanced. But you never know. The, the, you can do a lot of different things. You just got to be really 
really innovative about it. But let's move on from Dean and, and the lackluster Shield retirement. By the way, that Shield promo at the end, uh, at the beginning of Raw, was fucking god awful. Um, it just it just seemed like it was cut off for no reason. But let let's move on to the other big thing that happened during Fastlane event. Also moving into this week, um, at this point, another potential main eventer feud, and I want to move to Seth, because we can talk about Seth uh, maybe after a commercial break, but I do want to talk about the the Ronda and, and Charlotte and, and Becky thing. So you have this match set up, this, this hold harmless agreement, uh, where Becky Lynch has to fight to be in the match that she earned her way into. Which is which is still beyond me. She earned her way into the match. That's the fight to get back into that match. Again, Charlotte. She's still working the bum knee angle. And Charlotte's pretty much taking her to town. Like it's and before Becky gets any chance of a comeback of a uh, of of just, you know, to find the odds or maybe even a quick roll up, Rhonda comes in, gives her one shot, it's a technical disqualification. And Becky Lynch wins, kind of by default. Yeah, yeah, because she attacked Becky, and um, yeah. I mean, on SmackDown, the way Becky made it sound made it sound so much better than it really was. But she tried to save it as much as she could. Yeah, I mean, like, look at Becky's path to this. So she lost SmackDown Women's Championship at TLC. Yes. She had her rematch at Royal Rumble. She it was tapped. a fantastic match. It was a fantastic match, but she tapped. Then, she did. then we get her taking Lana's spot in the Rumble because Lana was injured, winning okay. the Rumble. Yes. Getting removed from the match. Still bullshit call. Yeah, it's still still bullshit. Charlotte put in the match. For no Becky reason. suspended, unsuspended. To go into this match, like, all these turns, like, j- just weren't necessary. I think it was like a turn, They were. it's like they were just doing these swerves just to swerve us, but I, like you said, Dave, it's, it's totally unnecessary. Like, we were invested in Becky. You didn't have to swerve us to make, get us more invested. There's only so much we can be invested in a match before it becomes exhausting, and I think they've exhausted the crowd from this match. If they they backed themselves into this corner themselves, they had at the Rumble an easy way to do it. You have Becky and Charlotte as your final two. You do a 2005. They both go over, feet touch the ground at the same time. And you know what you do? You know what you do after that? You then have them face off again at Elimination Chamber one on one. Maybe they both. Maybe you both do a double count out or something like that. You have them face up fast lane again. Double both both shoulders on the ground, or they're both they're both submitting each other and they're tapping out at the same time. So therefore, you still can't get a winner. Then Ronda goes, you know, on on a raw or something like that. She goes, you know what? I'll fight them both. Yeah, and that's how but, you get uh, and it's just it was too much, and the fans were so organically invested in Char in um not Charlotte in Becky. Then Charlotte became a de facto authority christened fighter, like Vince's yeah. Vince's girl, and now Ronda Rousey's full heel. Like, 
Am I still invested in this match as I, as much as I was? Yes. But I can tell you it's not because of what WWE's done. It's, no, I, I, I think it's still all for Becky, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And I mean, they, they literally mirrored Stone Cold. And that's a blessing and a curse because Becky did it great. But what the times that the authority or Vince McMahon went against her versus when it happened against Vince McMahon didn't come off like that. You know what also is the issue with this now, as well as that they decided to turn Ronda full-blown heel, which I think is a mistake. Like, I get it. Like, I, I get I like the fighter the nasty Ronda, but I also liked her being that tweener where you didn't know if she was a face or a heel. I get that her character is frustrated with not being groomed, but it makes her come off looking weak. And the other problem is when she becomes this riled up fighter, this angry fighter, she still has to speak. And she's still a little green on the mic. Not that her promos are bad, not that the words that she's using or trying to say are bad. What I mean she's green is that she's like a person who's never really spoken in public before. Usually, you, she's speaking too fast because she's not comfortable yet. Uh, for me also, like, obviously the way, like, her her turning on the fans, you know, I boo the woo, screw the man, no more Miss Nice Bitch, wasn't needed. But even more so, because uh, now... A lot of this feud has graduated from our television screens to our computer screens. And, yes. like, obviously, we we know kayfabe, kayfabe's broken, etc., etc. But, like, the fact that I can't go through my timeline without seeing screen grabs from her video rants... It, it mean to anything. Like the video was bad, but it, it it's just what bothers me the most. Somebody actually pointed this out: the way she's breaking kayfabe. Who'd she get her uh her name from? Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. Rowdy Roddy Piper never broke kayfabe. No. Never. He was 100% against it. So, it, it... Old school mentality. Yeah, and obviously this is a new era, but it's just... I think Rau I think Rousey would have been fine not having done it, because now I look at Rousey, and yes, I see a talented fighter, MMA, who converted to the ring very well, but... I no longer see her deserving of the rowdy moniker because she's going against what he stood for. It, it, it's like they're trying to revamp her character but didn't really need to be revamped. Yes, and and it sucks. I, I, but, but like uh, I couple episodes on the old show, I said I said it best like I have enough space in my heart to boo two people. I yes, I hate I hate the Charlotte right now because it it's easy to hate Charlotte right now. 
but I also hate Rousey. And obviously, we know outside the ring, she, like she's gonna she's gonna be taking time off because she wants to have a family. She's still yeah, signed yeah. to WWE through twenty twenty one. So how we get to now and the end of her contract, I'm not concerned with right now. All yeah. I know is like I'm rocking my man shirt right now. Yeah, you are. I, I, this is going to be one of my changes in the blistering cold at MetLife Stadium. Oh, it's not going to be that cold. Suck yeah, uh, up, uh, 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 sixty uh, degrees uh, isn't going to be that cold. Uh, but I, I know, but I will be. Ma- I will be bringing back changes. But like, <laughs> I, I can hate Ronda and Charlotte equally because I'm so invested in Becky and yeah. What and even like her on SmackDown, it seems like she's even like starting to tap into her natural. Dublin accent. Yeah, which is a very sexy accent. Oh, it's it's very <laughs> sexy. But so now she's at the point where things that she had to overcome in the past, she's able to tap into. So now yeah. Ronda Rousey is, I I mean, Becky Lynch is one of the two most organic people on the entire roster. The other being Kofi Kingston. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty wild right now when you're, when you really like, kind of kind of break it down, especially when you think about how WWE likes to put faces and heels, faces and heels, faces and heels, and you have a triple threat where you think, all right, we need faces and heels, but you have that one person who, in my opinion, shouldn't be a face or a heel, should have been that kind of tweener where you could like him or you could dislike him, and Ronda was that person in the middle that I think fit perfectly because Charlotte was so extra. Or it is so extra of a heel. And Becky is organically so over as a face slash anti-hero. And you have Ronda in the middle. And I think that was working perfectly. But then Ronda went to the Charlotte side of being like full-blown uh, like over-the-top heel. And now I think it's kind of too much. Well, it's, it's crazy you mentioned that because I agree with you. Ron, uh, Charlotte was so extra. But now with the Ronda heel turn, fans are actually putting Ronda as the extra heel. So Charlotte, yeah. even though she's, uh, we could both agree, a heel, she's now in that middle ground. So I'm not sure if during the match maybe we'll get short periods of Becky and Charlotte teaming up on Ronda just so they could have their time against each other. Like, it's going to be interesting. Like It really is. I'm so happy. Like, our mania, like, I don't just mean that we're going, like, our mania, back back in New York, like, we're we're getting this. Like, we're getting, here's what we're getting. We're getting two championship matches hopefully two championship matches from people in the company that have worked their asses off to be in the positions that they're in in becky lynch and hopefully at this moment kofi kingston which is something like i said as a person of color and even then even in wrestling um you are told if you work hard enough you'll get your moment and these people have busted their ass kofi kingston also in particular busted their ass without complaining without having horrible social media or horrible like off the or outside of the ring controversies mm-hmm. been you know stand-up characters on anything and he, everything he, that, he, that he been even had a, he even had one of his pushes taken away because he 
unfortunately was a little stiff with at the time WWE's golden boy, Randy Orton. Yeah. So like and, oh, and not so, everyone yeah. can overcome that. And somehow he has been able to do that. He has one more because one more massive hurdle, and that's this gauntlet match, which I am very scared to watch. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so we will see what happens on SmackDown. But right now on the new Kings of the Rings podcast, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to break down the rest of the news and notes of everything going on in wrestling. And then we're going to take it home with a little bit of closing comments. Hey fam, we are quickly approaching the arrival of the showcase of the Immortals to MetLife Stadium. So that means the fourth wall wrestle cast is throwing a party. The Fourth Wall team will be hosting the first ever Fourth Wall WrestleMania tailgate event with proceeds benefiting the Ronald McDonald House Charities on Sunday, April 7th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For the cost of only $5, your entry fee will benefit the Ronald McDonald House Charities and includes all-you-can-eat food, sodas, beer, and other refreshments, as well as access to fun games like your favorite wrestler's entrance contest, WWF Old School Trivia, the Fourth Wall Cornhole Tournament Extravaganza. But that's not all. There's going to be raffles and prizes and music and special guests and so much more. The tailgate will be streaming live throughout the day on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash fourthwallcast. More information will be available on the Fourth Wall's Facebook page as well as on their Twitter page at fourthwallcast. You can also visit rantwithant.com or go to patreon.com slash Fourth Wall Wrestlecast for more details, times, and location as we get closer to the event. Once again, come join the Fourth Wall fam at the WrestleMania tailgate party on April 7th at MetLife Stadium from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with proceeds benefiting the Ronald McDonald House charities. So come be a part of the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. All right, folks, and we're back here at the brand new Kings of the Rings podcast hosted by myself, King Ricky, and the Prince, David Money Makowitz, a.k.a. Switch Dave, a.k.a. Davey Morbelts, a.k.a. I don't, the guy who buys WrestleMania jerseys on our show. I think my moniker should just be AKA. <laughs> like, <laughs> also known be, as dot, dot, dot. It should be, it should be AKA Dave. <laughs> That's what it should be. AKA Dave is here. Um, all right, so let, let's we still have some stuff to talk about on this card, um, and let, let's talk about some unfortunately disappointing stuff, um, and and that's at this moment uh, the SmackDown Women's Title scene with with Oscar and Mandy and uh, do you want it, to, it, I, it, I don't know if you want to talk about this match. Okay, uh, I I I can talk a little bit about this now. None of this is on Oscar. That's the worst part about it. It's on her booking. But with the yeah, way... Yeah, she doesn't deserve this. Like, b- booking Becky and Charlotte into the Raw Women's title picture the way they did has left a huge hole for opponents for Asuka. Now, we know that Vince loves his blonde bombshells, uh, Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, etc. But... Stacey Keebler. Stacey Keebler. So, we, we got the... Mandy match. I was completely against it. 
and it disappointed me not so much because it was her that was in the match, but more so just you had to have the apron spot before Asuka landed that sick kick on Mandy's face. (laughs) And then you had the roles reversed on SmackDown where Sonya had a forced apron spot thanks to Mandy. So looks like we're getting a breakup of fire and desire. Okay. But that still doesn't answer the question. Who's ready for Asuka? I, I don't know. I don't... Uh, she's such an afterthought this mania season. That's a fucking shame. Uh, especially with all the shit that she's had to eat throughout this year. And uh, here's the thing with Man... Like, it would be entertaining if Mandy and Sonya... It, it'd be more entertaining in my eyes if Sonya was the one actually chasing Asuka. Because I think Sonya can put on a better match than Mandy at this moment in time. <coughs> Agreed. And now, you know, th- now and that's I, between look, them. Like, I, yeah. I I, think Nikki Cross would also be great. But with the fact that we've only seen her in Twitter videos and WWE.com exclusives, that's not going to happen. Then you have yeah. an- another one who fits the mold, Lacey Evans, who I'm... Mm, that the, walk, baby. Don't even like. So like, <laughs> they, they literally have. Bu- and then you had my my idea from last week, Nikki Bella. I I still think that would that could salvage it. Like we said last week, it doesn't need to be a long match, no. but to bring eyes to the product. I'm sorry, Lacey isn't. Lacey isn't your. Not right now. Not right now. Sonia. She's talented, but not right now. Mandy, not right now. But Nikki already has a name recognition. Honestly, I, I hate to say this because I'm not a Nikki Bellamark, but this is WrestleMania season. You need your stars. Part-timers come in all the time. In this case, it wouldn't necessarily hurt Mandy or Sonya at the moment. I would bring in Nikki Bella to face Asuka. Why yeah, the hell not? And, and, I mean, especially while we knew that she was going to lose to Ronda, at Evolution. The match itself was a lot better than everyone expected. What, Nikki Ronda? Yeah. Yes. And and was. that's all that's it all was. it needed to be. And if there's anyone in recent competition memory who could theoretically in less than a uh date to date year challenge for the Raw and SmackDown women's championship, it's Nikki Bella. Cause, because yeah, I mean, Trish Stratus and Lita, I could see them in a tag team type of a deal. Do you think Trish and Lita are even making it at this point? Uh, uh, I feel and, like they and, would and, have. In all honesty, I, I think I think they're going to be. They're not going to be appearing at Mania, but they will at Access. I think the uh, veterans that we're going to be getting at Mania are the Divas of Doom. Really? Yeah, I think we're going to be getting an appearance from Natalia with Beth Phoenix. They've set it. They've set it up, which I'm fine with. Yes, I'm. I'm a hundred percent fine with. They've set it up, and 
if there's if there's someone who retired quote unquote went in the Hall of Fame who we think their career wasn't over, it's Beth Phoenix. And they also have do you kind of have that little mini rivalry from the first ever Women's Royal Rumble where Beth actually lifted Nia in the air. Yes. And so like, you still it, kind of have that unfinished business. And honestly, I I never really got to see Beth Phoenix in her prime as a as a wrestler. And I know she was great. I think she was one of those wrestlers who was wrestling in the wrong era. Yes, one hundred percent. If she if she was wrestling in this era now, she, she I she would be up there in title reigns. Um, yeah, definitely a Hall of Famer. But like. She she's transcended the generation she wrestled because now yeah. now she's that veteran. She does a lot of commentary for these women's matches now. Mm-hmm. Um, she could share a lot of insight when it comes to in ring knowledge, character development because the Glamazon was a well rounded character. Yeah, she came out dressed like an Amazon. She was a very strong individual, and she had power moves. But in the same respect, she had the cunning and the sexiness of a a good looking wrestler. But yeah, she never over sexualized it. So she could be that role model for the kids, but also like you know, someone that our age group cheers for. So. I, if if one of our lower part of the card matches is Tamina and Nia versus Natalia and um Beth Phoenix, I'm fine with it. I don't want I don't want Beth Phoenix and Natalia's involvement to be in the women's royal the women's battle royal. I don't that, say, save that for the mid cards of both Raw and SmackDown and throw in some NXT. Absolutely, you know, and and throw in some NXT, throw in some NXT UK, like especially they just signed Jazzy Gabert and Kaylee Ray, so like they have enough women where they could theoretically have three champion, three women's championship matches, tag Raw SmackDown, and a and a undercard match, and still have enough for this battle royal. Yeah, no, you you are absolutely right. You know where I'm speaking of a tag uh, champions, uh, Sasha and Bailey. We're not going to talk about that god awful match at Fastlane, and it was nothing, and it was nothing that Sasha and Bailey did to make that match look bad. Oh, uh, it it it, you know? it 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 absolutely wasn't. Um, but I'm more concerned. You... I'm I'm more concerned and interested in what match because it seems like you and me have. So a very multi-man, multi-competitor heavy for this mania. I think so, but here's what I think is going on for this women's tag title. Um, they're playing it up really well, and they've been ramping it up a lot. The Iconics might actually get this tag title match against I, Sasha and Bailey. I, I can see it happening. I, I if the, if it's gonna be a team on team, it's gonna be Iconics for Sasha Bailey. You know I why? think because it's... they're right because they they have not shown up on SmackDown. No. They've shown up at NXT live events. They've showed up on NXT TV. They're always on Raw. They have not shown up on SmackDown. The Iconics are calling them out. 
to show. Yeah, uh, 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 we're, we're getting I the vi- we're getting the video packages. Um, I love uh, every moment of this. Like for me, wishful thinking would be SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and Four Corners, minutes. Four Corners uh, tag match for NXT Sky Pirates. Sky Pirates for it. for Raw. <laughs> Sasha Miller. Uh, for well, they're the champions. So oh, so yeah, you would so, have, you would so have Raw Riot Squad, yeah, Riot Squad, Iconics, Sky Pirates, Sasha Boston Bay. Hug. Okay. Like I, I, I think that would be good, and you would have the uh, tornado tag rules where anyone can tag anyone, so they'll yeah. all get to show their spots, and you could hell, you could even have it be elimination. You can use something like that where everybody gets a chance to show up some stuff. Kind of like they did Elimination Chamber. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and I mean, and, 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 and so let's say they go with that and they have the, um, they'll still have more than enough women for a 15 women battle royal. You have yes, Dana will. Brooks, Zelina Vega, Carmella, Naomi. Oh, uh, Dana, I'm so sorry. She took a beating. This yo, week. yo, she did. She did, but I, like I think I think Dana Brooks at the end of her contract because they're they're playing her like she's 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 like you know getting sent out the pasture at this point. Yeah, um, which is a shame it, because for someone so talented, she was misused a lot. She she was misused just because she had the physical acumen. The in ring talent started coming later, but the character just never. Which is very unfortunate um, for her because, you know, she, she she had a lot of potential. But someone who did live up to their potential, uh, I do want to talk about this, is Kurt Angle. We are going to be privileged. And I, I'm going to say, uh, and I, I uh, mean, let, this, let's I mean repeat this sincerely, that. we are going to be R- privileged that. Yeah. to see Kurt Angle's last match. Like, I mean, especially we saw his return. Yeah. Like I, it, you saw Kurt Angle in the past. I I've didn't. Seen him tons of times. Like I, I, I've never got to see Kurt Angle in his heyday, having not gone to an event until twenty nine. So, yeah. having been there for him teaming with Ronda against uh, H and Steph was amazing, but. The fact that, and, and I mentioned before, like, our mania, like, New yeah. York, like, it, it's it's going to be amazing. I I can actually foresee myself crying after that match like I was when we were leaving um, Camping World. Oh, it's definitely going to be like that Ric Flair moment. Yeah, yeah, and, and, um, I, and I think... Uh, your transition was who will be the opponent, as in the the one to do the "I love you," a la Shawn Michaels to Ric Flair. And I mean, all all signs point to John Cena. I a hundred percent agree with you. And you think about it, John Cena inducted him into the Hall of Fame. John Cena was the first person that uh, that. Um, well, Kurt Angle was the first person John Cena faced when he yeah, debuted. Yeah, ruthless aggression. Unquote, Yo, and ruthless. those ug- oh, those ugly ass 
colored trunks. Oh my god! Remember the remember the spike tips he used. To yeah, wear yeah, l- like it it, it, <laughs> it literally was just the front. Um, but yeah, no, th- this it was has like one strand of hair. Like th- th- this has to be like if John Cena is gonna appear at Mania. There on one on the one hand, a lot of people said it, he'd be great versus for the United States. Whether it had been true, I, now Samoa I Joe. Thought he, I thought he was going that way too. Yeah, but as good as that match would have been, because he would have given the rub to the younger individual. Hopefully, the, it, it, it's just too perfect, and I have to think that Kurt Angle has a choice. And who is going to do this match? Because, well, but there's a, it begs the question. Do you have him win, ride, ride the high horse out? Or do you have him leave on his, retire on his back? I think you give the man whatever the fuck he wants to do. To be honest with you, you, you let him, you, you let him make the choice. I mean, if it's against Cena, I don't think, Cena's not going to want the win, but I think but, Cena but he have he, to win. Uh, yeah. If it's Cena, I believe Cena gets the win because it's almost come full circle. Cena debuts, puts up a great match, a great match, lost, and got the nod from uh, Kurt afterward. Yeah, and then this time around, Cena comes on top, gives the nod to Kurt, and then you have that immaculate moment. They're walking up the stage together. They embrace, turn around, cheers, Pyro. No, I don't even think Cena walks up with him. I think Cena leaves and gives Angle his moment. And I think that's what's going to happen. That's when the tears are going to flow on everybody's uh, face. Yeah, You're going uh, 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 to realize that's it. So we're sitting next to each other. I, I might have to, like, <laughs> embrace in your shoulder. <laughs> It's like, fine, dude. It's fine. Like, I, I mean, I, I know when we left Camping World, there was a huge David face on your shoulder <laughs> just from me crying because that I might have just been sweat because it was so hot. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, thankfully uh, by the time by the time t- uh, that event ended, it had cooled off a bit. But uh, yeah, like twenty uh, fucking degrees. Yeah, I I definitely think this is where you put Cena. I I. It would be a great story, full circle, and in the same respect, it still gives Cena his time away and his time to come back to get that elusive 1-7. Yeah, and it doesn't put Cena in the main title scene. He plays this mid-card scene, which is fine. It's a highlighted match. I mean, we were complaining and bitching on the old show about how we didn't know what's going on with the media card. Now the media card's shaping up. And I'm looking, I'm reviewing it right now. If everything goes to plan, especially with the Kofi thing, this is going to be a very emotionally packed WrestleMania. Yeah. And and it, it's kind of funny because I remember going into last year's Mania, one of the most stacked Mania cards. But now, now they're just, every year, stacking. When we're in Tampa Bay at Raymond James and we see... What we know is going to happen, that pirate entrance for Kyrie Sane, like, <laughs> the, so it's just like, they literally just one-up themselves, and I'm I'm all about it. Like, that's our vacation every year, yeah. so, like, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, 
it, it, what's what's crazy about this year is that too a lot of the a lot of the matches are set up with very good organic storylines or storylines that you can actually believe in for instance the match that i am now looking very forward to randy orton and aj styles talk about two guys who are veterans who took different paths to wwe and using their veteran promo skills against each other now randy orton isn't always invested in the feuds that he's in but randy is invested in oh, this feud and you can he, and it shows by the promo he cut on aj dude, uh, and aj is equally as invested because it shows by the promo aj cut on randy at the same time it was unbelievable they held it, nothing back uh they held nothing back i i always think it's slightly cheap to when they go the bingo hall indie route especially now that i've more embrace the indies but unfortunately you've embraced those bingo halls yeah but unfortunately in this type of a feud and one of them being randall keith orton it's it's just too organic to pass up but um it works you know what you know what's great about this feud dave also is that it is it's a feud that any wrestling fan can get into you're either going to be on randy's side and be pro wwe or you're going to be on aj's side and be pro indie this is the feud that the wrestling community is actually going to be talking about oh oh absolutely i i guarantee when a when aj was finishing up with tna getting ready to do his tenure in new japan and yeah. obvious, obviously once somebody starts changing companies you get the yearly will they or won't they jump to Mm -hmm. wwe lately we've gotten that with kenny omega but dream matches that would be listed this had to have been in everybody's list of dream matches should aj come to wwe and now we're getting it and what i my favorite part of that promo was aj's response it's good to know that you've done your research on me. Like, I, it, I matter <laughs> yeah. that I matter that much to you that you know you knew that in whatever year that I was Dixie Carter's like you know number one. I went like, and it rings true. So uh, like I, I mean, I'm, every point they made against each other, they were right in both aspects. The RKO is a knockoff diamond cutter. It literally is and a knockoff pose. diamond cutter. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Too Sweet is some of the indies is, were stealing from WWE. Granted, they were allowed to do it, and they asked yeah, permission. Uh, well, I, I it's mean, still a stolen, it's still a stolen uh, 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 thing. The, the funniest thing is the first people that stole it from WWE were WWE the people going to <laughs> another company. But no, like... the NWO, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, like, it... it that is going to be a great match. Now, obviously, we like we have a lot of like your checklist for pay per view. Like you have your hardcore match. We'll get to that with uh, Batista, No Holds Barred. You, you're getting a lot of what it seems like a lot of multi man matches. We don't have the pure matches yet. 
type of a deal. I, I think this is going to surprise a lot of people and be one of the more talked about matches of the night, especially the fact that it doesn't involve a title. I mean, at this point, it is WrestleMania, and it is AJ Styles. If you look at AJ Styles' track record in WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania 32 versus Y2J is a technical classic. 30, 33 versus Shane, the opening match for the main card. Then last yeah. year, Shinsuke could have been a lot better, but been better, it's a but match still, we never... If you look back at it, it's still a really good match. Yeah, it, a match we never thought we'd got. So just from the nostalgia, like, oh, a, a, am I alive? Like, yeah. When, when the lights shine brightest, when AJ puts on his best performances, point blank, period. That's what the the man lives for a spotlight. Now, my question with this match is, especially with a couple weeks after the shakeup. Both of these individuals could theoretically see a change of scene. Ooh, Randy Randy has been part of the SmackDown 6 for a while, but he's had his time on Raw. AJ never, never yeah, never went over to Raw when the when the brand split occurred. So it's, it's, and I would love to see I just mentioned list of dream matches. I would love to see a program between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Or maybe Seth goes over to SmackDown. Yeah. It brings... Ooh, imagine if the titles switch pictures. And then we get a blue belt. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. There's so many possibilities. I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. The shakeup hasn't even happened yet. WrestleMania yeah. hasn't even happened yet. WrestleMania is going to be... Um, I, I'm, I'm now very confident in WrestleMania when I wasn't before. Uh, they, they've trimmed down the fat, just like we trimmed down the fat on this show. Uh, and, and now WrestleMania is kind of speeding up and gearing up. The promos are there. The people are being put in the right spot. Batista's here! Batista's here, and he's got a blue nose ring. Yeah. And everything. He just screams about what he wants all the time. Uh, and what he really, really wants. What he really, really wants. Look, up the, Spice Girls <laughs> Look up the Spice Girls meme, and it's the best, best thing in the world. But right now, before we get into our news and notes and closing announcements and all that stuff, we are going to take another quick commercial break. So we will see you soon. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning Mance Chapel inviting you to join me every Monday morning for The Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling, but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is The Gift of Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back again to the new Kings of the Rings podcast. So before we get into our news notes, there's one few that we forgot to talk about, and we're going to talk about it really briefly because we're going to have a bunch of time to talk about it next week, pretty much. Uh, Shane and Miz, Shane turned heel, and who would have thought by this time this year that the Miz would be the babyface in a feud going into WrestleMania, which is, excuse me, which is beyond me. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've never seen it, but... um. No, it, it, it's good. And then Shane Shane continued it perfectly on SmackDown. But uh, my favorite part of the attack was him getting phys- getting physical, but not to the point of attacking Mr. Miz, 
but getting physical, do you see that? Um, it, it, I'm invested in this too, and obviously Vince McMahon, as Mr. McMahon is a forever heel, it's mm -hmm. weird seeing Stephanie and Trips kind of playing the face to that. Uh, yeah. But it, it's nice that we have like a heel McMahon, but not abuse of authority because they do that all yeah. the time uh, i'm invested with this um will it will be technical masterpiece no but when i think i've mentioned it in the past having a match with a mcmahon whether it, means it be you've done something right means you've done something right so i think from this match which I think Miz will ultimately win, is when we're going to see him elevate to that next echelon. You have been calling this for like two years now. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, like, I've been kind of calling it like Ant has been calling the Dean Ambrose heel turn, and then that fizzled. But, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is like, and then we just mentioned with the other two guys, possible chain, change of scenery, yeah. Ima imagine Miz going to Raw and being in the Universal Title picture. I mean, during the first Superstar Shakeup, the Miz went to Raw, and was and was running the show, and running the IC title. It's great. Like the Miz can go to either show, and all the spotlight goes on him, and that's what's great about the Miz. Dude, uh, I, I I do hope down the road we do get Chris Jericho coming back. So oh, IC title so versus IC yeah. title. Yeah, I, I, the IC champions. Yeah, I, I would really like that, but obviously Jericho uh, is a little busy right now. He's he's signed he's signed away for a couple of years, um, but that's all we got for for going on in Raw. But let's go into some news and notes of things going happening outside the ring and maybe a little bit of around the ring stuff. Uh, so the WWE again this week because they're gonna do <clears throat> probably a couple more leading into Mania. Uh, they announced the Hall of Fame. Uh, never Hall of Fame inductee, and these Hall of Fame inductees are known as Booker T and Stevie Ray, uh, also known as Harlem Heat. Um, this is the tag team that made Booker T a star. And they are, Stevie Ray and Booker T are real-life brothers. Like, that's not, a, that's not a stick for TV or anything. They did grow up together. They did get into wrestling together. And doing all those things. Um, it, it's interesting because you have Harlem Heat. Um, and these guys are from Texas. There's no Harlem in Texas. Okay, there's no Harlem in Texas at all. And there's also... Um, uh, Dave's reading dirt sheets, I can see by his face. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Starcast just uh, posted that all the four horsemen are going to be at uh, Starcast. The original four? Uh, Arn, JJ, Tully, Barry, and Rick. Yep, that that that. Yep, that's all of them. Um, so uh, the the thing about using Harlem in front of things associated with African Americans, uh, historical fact right here: the Harlem Globetrotters are not from New York. The Harlem Globetrotters originated in Chicago. Uh, they used Harlem because back in that time, Harlem was the epicenter of African American culture in the United States. Hence, why you had while you had a Harlem Heat because they wanted to be proud of their African-American heritage. And Harlem is always and probably will forever be associated with African-American heritage in the United States. 
Um, so that's where you kind of have Harlem Heat. The other crazy thing about Harlem Heat is that these guys were fucking amazing. These were two men who are jacked beyond belief in the 90s. Like, absolutely amazing. Booker T, I've met Booker T in real life. He's a massive human being, okay? This man's doing doing front flip leg drops off of a top rope. Like, jacked up as a tag team with his, with his brother, Stevie Ray, who's bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's bigger than him? These guys are dominant. You want to know how dominant they were? Harlem Heat, statistically speaking, is the winningest tag team of the 90s. More than the Dudley Boys. More than Edge and Christian, more than the Hardys. More than the Steiner Brothers, the British Bulldogs. They are the winningest team of the 90s. That's how good they were. So congratulations to Harlem Heat for making it into their 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 rightful place in the WWE Wrestling Hall of Fame. Do you have any thoughts on them, Dave? Uh, I, I didn't watch as much WCW as I would have liked to. Um, and when I did, it was already after, uh, they kind of went their separate ways and Booker Mm -hmm. T was, uh, him and Stevie Ray were talking for a while. Yeah. Uh, when Booker T was kind of on his, uh, WCW championship slash world heavyweight championship, uh, tear, but, um, no, uh, I'm, I'm happy. Definitely deserved. Um, my only thing is, other tag teams should have been in by this point in time. I think mm-hmm. they're doing it in New York because of, like you said, Harlem being in front of their name and Harlem having been a large epicenter of the African American culture. Yeah. But the list is endless on who tag teams that still have to be put in there. So until these other teams aren't in there, a lot of people argue that the WWE Hall of Fame is a, a sham. Um, and then there are a lot of individuals that still have to go in. Oh, but, uh, but, uh, cough, cough, but they definitely <laughs> do deserve it. Um, so I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm raining on their parade, or make it like that because their their careers speak for themselves. And then Booker yes, T, my Lord. yeah, and Booker T, uh, even opened his own school and is running his own promotion with House of Glory. So like, they've literally come the whole the whole spectrum. And obviously, you have to think when they first got into the company, they were kind of being done dirty. In real life, the way Kofi is being done dirty in storyline, yeah, not being given the chance, not being given the chances. Yeah. And mind you, Booker T also did a stint in jail. Yes, he did. Booker T did a stint in jail. So he was robbing a, fast food restaurants. Yes, yeah, so like a a convicted felon. Yeah. So yeah. his so Booker like, T story is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. So when you factor in just like overcoming the the crime the racism and the inequality to now mind you WWE has not historically uh crowned non WWE tag teams now like the Dudley boys went in 
but they did compete in WWE. Stevie Ray has never set foot in a WWE ring. Not so, once. So that goes to show he was that good that his career outside of WWE as one half of Harlem Heat yeah. with Booker T has brought him into it. So Seriously, look uh, back at the Harlem Heat. Look, Find the Harlem Heat on the uh, tag match on the WWE Network. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. These guys were so entertaining. And Booker T was in his youth, and he's crazy athletic when he was younger. Absolutely like a freak of nature with his athleticism. Like, jo- joking around, we would always think that he was athletic because he could do the spin Rooney. That, that, like, that was just something later in his career. His athleticism is unmatched early, from earlier in his career. Yeah, no, it was, oh my god, fantastic. There's actually, I think Booker T has a special on the network where he talks about how he did, how the spin Rooney came to be. It actually happens early on in his career. That's how he, he like, got up from, like, someone knocking him down. And people were entertained by it, so he just kept doing it. It was one of those things that just kind of fell into his lap, which is uh, which is kind of crazy. But moving along, so, again, congratulations to Harlem Heat. Look up some of their stuff. They are, they, they are, they were can't miss back in their, back in their day. Uh, other news notes, so we are actually going to be at, um, at Shine and Evolve this weekend in Queens. I think MJ's going to be showing up i think hashtag wade cares and uh and big heck are going to be there as well um so we visit, so we do have to address that we did all buy tickets together as a trio from the old show and you know what i we will be i can guarantee you folks you will not hear any controversy happening from from us at evolve we will be totally neutral dave will the be the swiss neutral will be <laughs> In the middle, so Secure no need Dave. to worry. Yes, uh, I will also be getting a chance to meet Ricochet, and he will be yes. the first to sign Davy's new belt. Uh, I'm not gonna no pull a Giacobbe and have uh, stickers on what he should sign. I just want him to sign. I'm getting a gold <laughs> paint pen marker, so we could sign in gold on the burgundy mm. strap. I think that will look really good. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Um. With Ricochet doing stuff on the main roster, uh, his um, he abil- he, yeah, his ability to compete is not able. So replacing him is the Velveteen Dream. So the main event we're getting in Queens is Velveteen Dream with the Street Profits against a newly formed faction known as the Unwanted. Shane uh, Eddie Strickland, Kingston, uh, Eddie Kingston, Joe Gacy and Kurt Stallion, and Joe Gacy. Now, I'm really curious. This is the first time I'm seeing Swerve live. I mentioned that shout in the out, past. Shout out to Eddie Kingston, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston. But also, Swerve just gave a goodbye. Ah, uh, Shane Strickland, that's right. Yeah, a goodbye to, I want to say it was MLW. And so, a lot like he's been a name that a lot of people have been saying is... is he or isn't he WWE bound? So I guess we'll you wait and never see. You never know. Yeah, yeah, WWE and, bound. You know who got signed this week? Stokely fucking Hathaway. Mm-hmm. So like, and Stokely's Stokely's a manager. Yeah, Sto- it's, Stokely's a manager. Dude, uh, yo, Stokely Sto- yo, he, yo, Stokely Hathaway is. I I would say the best manager that until now hasn't signed with WWE. Yeah, and that's, like, I mean, 
if you if you are that good on the indie scene to be signed by WWE as a manager, that's something to be said because I don't think they've ever done that. Oh yeah, and uh, he was signed with two other um, two other guys. I don't have the lowdown on the two other guys yet, Neither but um, but uh, it I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing with these acquisitions. I would like to the thing see is, where you're gonna put them. Yeah, where where are you gonna put them? So that's why I'm I'm still deep in my heart of hearts, clamoring for a second hour of NXT. I know the one hour mm-hmm. makes it different, but in the same respect, that additional hour. Just think of the storylines they advance in one hour. Mm-hmm. It, it, it 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 would be amazing. So I mean, with the with the with the roster being as loaded as it's going to be for NXT, you are going to slowly be making that an official third brand. It's being recognized now as a third brand on TV. So now you got to have to move towards being actually a third brand and people going from SmackDown NXT and NXT the role. Like you, there's a lot you can do. You just have to set it up that way, and it's a it's it's a work in progress. I, I would say. But again, like I said, folks, we're going to be at Evolve. We're going to be at Shine. We're going to see Mercedes Martinez, Allison K. Big Swole is going to be at, at Shine, which I'm very Hopefully excited. Hopefully she'll point... Wait, we're on the stage again, right? Yeah, Mercedes will find us. Um, yeah, uh, yo, and dude, like, uh, we had mad people pointing at us last time, so... I, I shared try pinkies it. with Allison K, so yeah, I was really happy. Big Swole acknowledged me. Uh, Mercedes gave me a nod. Uh, I'm bringing extra cash on me because I keep, <laughs> I keep not being able to meet like the non WWE people that you can swipe your credit card with, and I missed out on <laughs> I missed out on freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy last week, uh, oh, last time. Right. So I so I I'm gonna have cash on me, but it's gonna be great. And then really, We're gonna be really at, happy. after that, it's all 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 roads to WrestleMania. All but re- yes. but before we, we get to WrestleMania, we got to dress up a little bit. And so here's, yeah, what, we're yeah, gonna, uh, here's what we're going to talk about right now. So April 4th, 7 p.m., twitch.tv backslash RWA world. We will be hosting, or actually I will be hosting alongside Gift the Podcast host, uh, the Reverend Mance Chapel. We will be collectively hosting the first ever Rant with Ant Gala to kick off WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be featuring... The likes of Who Got Next, the likes of um, Nachimama Soap Opera, uh, Rant with Ant, obviously. E is for Lee. I believe G-Rod will be in the building. Um, also, uh, no, J-Bone will not be, so you won't see some assets. The four fall guys will be there. We've got a lot going on. It's going to be hosted again by myself. It is a Patreon invite-only event. If you are not a Patreon member of any of our Patreons, there's still time to sign up. There is still time to sign up and get your invite into the Rant with Ant Gala, uh, exclusively from uh, the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. Um, we will, like I said, we will be streaming live on Twitch.tv. It is going to be a great time. It is a gala. It is a um, suit and tie event, at minimum. At minimum. At I, minimum. I, That's at minimum, saying a lot, guys. Yes. At minimum, I may be cleaning up like you haven't seen me in years. So, he might, guys. He might shave. This is this is a high possibility at this moment. Dude, you the haven't funniest seen me clean shaven in three years, dude. Yo, the funniest thing is that morning. So the morning of the fourth, I told you that I already told my teacher that I have family stuff, so I'm excused from that. I take my senior yeah. portraits the morning of the gala. So I'm literally going to be 
like not this, but like this is gonna be all neatened up and everything. Lined up, yep. Hell yeah. My barber's I been got... dying to shave off my entire beard. Yo, and, and I got a nice jacket that's on its way. I it's yeah. a, it, I'm not gonna tell you who it's like, but it's different from me. I normally it's go the, the conservative Batista silver jacket, isn't <laughs> with the nose ring. <laughs> Yes, with no. nose ring. <laughs> Speaking of nose ring, a member of the Valkyrie will be in, at least one member of the Valkyrie will be in attendance. Uh, the Kate Murphy will be there, so that's great. And so we have WrestleMania week. Then the day of WrestleMania, the morning of WrestleMania, our members, our our brothers at the Fourth Wall WrestleCast is going to be hosting the first ever WrestleMania tailgate outside of MetLife Stadium. Food, drinks, prizes, all for five dollars. Your five dollars go towards and all the proceeds from that tailgate will go towards the ronald mcdonald house foundation for what was that is that pediatric cancer research i believe so yes for pediatric cancer research so please come out and join us during wrestlemania weekend uh for for a good cause whether you watch us on the gala or you join us from the tailgate again it's probably the cheapest tailgate you're gonna find um, we're going to have a lot of fun you get to hang out with all of us you get to meet all of us you get to talk to me about the new kings of the rings podcast show with all royalty including myself king ricky and prince david money Markowitz, aka dave um but with that being said dave do you have anything else really quickly because we we're um, running uh, a little bit uh, uh nothing really quickly uh be on the lookout for the next around the rings uh rather than having to do a different around the rings episode after each uh day of matches for uh the new japan cup i'm doing it by round so the next episode will be all of the first round matches so obviously i'm not going to go too much into detail i'm going to get the bracket updated and then you'll get your episodes <clears throat> basically the progress from round to round until we get the ch- winner of the new japan cup who challenges jay white mm-hmm. And um, Marty Skrull's challenging for the Ring of Honor Championship at MSG. They announced it yesterday. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And so, yes, I'm going to be back on my shit with Watch Throne. I've been taking some time off. Uh, one because I had a birthday a couple weeks ago too. We had this, we had this fiasco in the fall, this Twitter war, and we we're revamping a lot of stuff. So a lot of stuff is under construction. <coughs> Patreon members, don't be afraid. All your content is still going to be there. Maybe not Watch the Throne. Maybe not Tip of the Crown because Tip of the Crown wasn't my idea. I may have to do something else besides Tip of the Crown. But rest assured, we are revamping the 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 throne of kings of the rings podcast is in good hands there's only room for one crown and that crown fits on top of my beautiful black head ladies and gentlemen i, so I have a smaller crown because you know i'm prince but if You're he prince. dies i take over wink wink not yeah, so kidding. so that makes me that just reminds me I have to hire my own security <laughs> detail. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kings of the Rings Podcast, aka sorry, no, the new Kings of the Rings Podcast, episode number one thirty nine. This crowning moment. Yes. This I was crowning gonna, moment. I was gonna say the times they are a change and well, that that the, the times are changing, and they're only going to be changing for the better. I am your host, your resident Universal Royalty, King Ricky Rose, General Manager of Wrestle Addict Radio, producer, 
executive producer star, the foundation of Kings of the Rings podcast, KOTR underscore podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Find us where all, where any and all podcasts can be found across the interwebs. With me right now is Prince David Malkowitz. Prince, what do you got for us? Oh, it's nice finally being royal. I I think I should uh actually you know you're welcome by the uh, way. I think I should actually invest in the gimmick and get myself a cheap uh, smaller crown. But uh <laughs> yeah, the times I'll are find changing. You a tiara. The, the, uh, no no not a tiara a a a crown <laughs> just not a bigger okay. not as big. But we're on the road Fair. to WrestleMania. Okay. The HOV lane was going too slow, so now as Eagle said it best, it's Life in the fast lane. But from me, yes, goodbye. Mwah, and good night. Bang. We have trimmed the fat of this show. We are going to be going into new directions, taking this podcast into new unimaginable heights that you have never seen before. And it's all because I'm the captain now. Because we, or I, am the king of this ring. And we'll see you next week. But one thing... Rest sure, still remains the same. Fuck you, Slack.